Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pocket Now Weekly Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Vergara. What's going on, everybody? We have Nick Gray of Fandroid back on the show this week. And the first half of the show is actually mostly about OnePlus. Uh, we talk not only about the Cyberpunk 2077 edition phone that I'm finally returning to them, but we also talk about some of the leaks regarding the OnePlus 9 Pro. Apparently, it's going to have some sort of partnership with Hasselblad if the leaks are to be believed. After all, those leaks show a big Hasselblad logo on the camera hop. And then in the back half of the episode, we talk Xiaomi with a lot of other leaks coming out with the Xiaomi Mi 11 Ultra, which is, of course, the Ultra version of the Mi 11 that both Nick and I have been working with for the last number of days. With all that said, though, let's go ahead and get into this episode of the Pocketnow Weekly Podcast. Enjoy. Click. <laughs> Click. Boom. That was, that was a song, right? Okay. So right before the show, we were talking about how... At times when we do videos for our YouTube channels, mine personal, even Pocket Now once in a while, Fandroid for you, of course, Nick. Nick is back on the show. Um, that sometimes we might forget or just not really gloss over, but there are just certain aspects that don't hit the video. And most of the time it's because it is our experience that dictates how we construct our videos. Well, to that end, can I just say, can we please stop this? Can we stop this whole phone companies i mean can we stop this whole hiding a thing under a thing because you're my... speci specifically talking about oneplus here yes because oneplus is notorious for it and i'm holding the box for the cyberpunk 2077 limited edition oneplus 8t which i finally did a video on earlier today um now let me be clear i knew this was here but that was when i unboxed it weeks ago when I constructed the video and I was talking on the A-roll, all I talked about was the phone. <laughs> and there was one comment that said there's a case under the box, and I totally forgot that I not only was that there, but I did film it, and yet I totally missed it when I edited the video together. And part of the reason why is because when you look at this box, you don't, you can't tell. There's this one tiny arrow here, <laughs> and you're just expected to remember this entire time. I was so mad because I kept the case off of the phone because the phone looks gorgeous. Though the case is pretty nice too, I it is dope, but the phone is. Dope. I use that case the whole time. This is your it, unit, it, it, by the way. This is yeah. The one. <laughs> so I had this device, and OnePlus was like, "You need to send it back to somebody. Here's a shipping label that you need to send it to." And they're like, "Send it to Josh." I'm like, "Oh, I know this guy." <laughs> so now well, I know so your address. <laughs> yeah, and I know yours. Or whatever. the The one thing that's interesting though, OnePlus does this with its press release boxes that they send these big huge boxes that include the phone and some extras as well usually a handful of cases but with the cases it usually always hides them in the box in a hidden compartment so and sometimes it <laughs> slides out in like this drawer mechanism like the way that they do it is actually pretty interesting it's oh, always yeah. cool to find out how they did it fortunately they don't do this for consumer products they, they do it for us for the press, you know, with these like gold wing lid boxes that open up and, you know, it, it's pretty cool. And I, they probably spend $30 on the box itself. Mm -hmm. I, I have no clue, you know, with designing it and I give getting them, it all ready for us. I give them props for that. And it, okay, let me just be clear. It's cool, but it's also it's frustrating. Annoying. <laughs> yeah, it's annoying. It's annoying. It is annoying. Because, no, I, I think it was two years ago, I had no clue that there was this slide-out drawer mechanism at the bottom that had three cases inside of it. Mm -hmm. 
I'm like, I wish I would have known like four and, weeks ago that I had three cases. For and what one. made you investigate was when you saw other I saw people. somebody else's video. <laughs> yes. Which is the worst part because it makes you feel like such a dummy. And that, that was what I think that happened to me too during that um, that same release. That was what the 6T? 70? Um, 70. Probably, probably 70. But yeah, I remember when that box came in um, and I saw it like, oh, that's a dope case. Where'd you get it? And then <laughs> you look at this little pull tab you didn't realize was there. Yeah. Um, which also brings me to another tiny rant when it comes to, and these are all like very privileged rants because we get to have fun with these phones. Like, and I get it, you know, let me just put that out there first, but can I just say the, the whole making a box that's only made for that purpose also adds to the amount of clutter and trash that we have in our lives. Yes. And I'm looking at OnePlus, I'm looking at Moto, like they are the ones who always send like the incessant amount, like the the kind of where you extra. have to literally cut out the foam, <laughs> like custom mm-hmm. foam cutouts. Like I have, at one point, Moto sent me stuff back to back to back. I had four useless boxes that you can't even break down because of the custom foam cutouts inside. <laughs> and it was like, yeah, it, it's, oh. it's one of those things where, you know, they're trying to deliver a good presentation and you know they do get credit for that and they succeed they succeed at it the amount of waste that goes along with it like with manufacturers like samsung you know removing a charger from the box of a phone which allows the box of the phone to be smaller so that they can fit more in a shipping container that goes you know across the ocean and you end up with less charging bricks that eventually end up in landfills like they're trying to do something positive on that front for the environment and, you know, for their pocketbooks as well, because let's be honest, that's the real reason they're doing it. But then they go around and like we, you have it as well, the new Xiaomi Mi 11, right? Mm-hmm. And what came along with that box? Uh, do you mean in the box or aside from the box? Aside from the box. A case. <laughs> no, 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 no. That came like the chair. Oh, you mean the teasers? Yes. There was a, yeah, so, a director's so in, chair. So they're they're promoting the video capabilities of this device. It can record 8K video and do all these amazing things. And for us, they decided from China, let's send over a director's chair, a wooden chair that weighs about 30 pounds. Was it 30? It's probably it's it's heavy. <laughs> Man, it's okay, maybe 20, but they ship that what FedEx from China, like just sh- shipping that FedEx from China probably cost $150 just on its own. Mm-hmm. And then the chair cost, you know, who knows another 30, $40. I'm like, why? Like I have this in my office here and I'm like, it's just taking up room. I don't know what to do with it. Which again, dope that they do that. Oh, like, it's that's totally cool. cool. I it's get just, it. like, we have to figure out what to do with all this stuff. Like if I were to, if I were to like lean over, you could see just all of this stuff in the corner of my frame. I, I don't know what to do with it. Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing. Like, um, I, we, we creators like myself and Nick, we always talk about what do we do with all of this stuff? It always comes back to like, try to sell it or anything like that. But even that is a lot of work in and of itself. And 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 especially nowadays, we're tackling with the whole thing of like, we want to do X, Y, Z, but we haven't even finished ABC yet. Mm-hmm. So that's... that's. Oh, I, I, <laughs> I want to do my review of this phone, but I have nine other devices I need to review. Exactly. I have to finish all my Galaxy S21 content. And like, 
I, I get where some creators come from where they say like you have the you have the non-negotiables. When the when the when the device is announced, when embargoes lift, you have certain content that you know you have to do for that point. Whether it's a hands-on or a review or an unboxing, it doesn't matter. You do the one thing at that point, and then the other things can come later. Like when they get done. Like don't wait too long, but when they get done. And I kind of get where they're coming from with that. That's why Thunder E does a gaming video, and then his review comes out like three months later. <laughs> like, and sometimes, honestly, if you miss that first wave, and even if you're in that first wave, you a lot of times get overshadowed by other publications or absolutely. other YouTube outlets. Sometimes putting off a review for a good four weeks is better than putting it off for five days. Mm -hmm. It's just, you know, you never know what the YouTube algorithm is going to do. You never know what people's engagement in that device is going to do. I mean, it could be that two months after the phone's launch, people are actually going out to buy them, the average consumer. Sure, so sure. the content that you're delivering two months later is more valuable than something that you delivered on day one. Yeah. Um, so you, you never know. Uh, I've had a couple, couple of reviews that I've done that were 90-day reviews. And I was like, this um, maybe I'll get 10,000 views on this video. And then it turns out it was my second best video of the year. <laughs> I'm like, really? Like, maybe I should just wait 90 days for every device. Well, that's the funny part, right? Because I was actually I was actually toying around with my content on my on my channel a little bit. Complaints and takeaways is my review format. It's it not only structures the format, but it also gives it a bit of a hook, which is like, here's what I would complain about. But here are the takeaways from this device. Like, that's how I feel. But then I started thinking of like wins and losses. That was the other title I was thinking of because I I like the vernacular of that like they took an L on this part. You know, I like that kind of terminology. But mm -hmm. I looked up on Google Trends, wins and losses is uh, a fairly saturated term because it's obviously used in like sports and whatnot. Complaints and takeaways, that that bar was right at the bottom. Like no one uses that <laughs> whatsoever. So I was like, okay, cool. I guess I, I guess I should keep that then. <laughs> because if you yeah. get saturated too much, like, because imagine this 90 day review going right up against 90 day fiance because 90 day people just put 90 day <laughs> and yeah. they get a lot of different stuff. <laughs> and I looked up wins and losses right after the Super Bowl. So of course there was like wins and losses. <laughs> all across the board yeah. yeah i mean there's there's a thousand different ways to approach everything mm -hmm. and uh, i think there's being you know me writing for fandroid it's more about trying to deliver within a news cycle mm. versus a youtube video which is trying to you're you're delivering information and i i do it as well but it's more of presenting it in an entertainment way. And let's be honest, people who watch videos are not the same people who read tech outlets. And they, there's some overlap there, but people who consume content on YouTube are people who consume content on YouTube. And people who read news outlets are people who read news outlets. There's mm -hmm. a clear distinction there. Like there's some overlap, but there's not a whole lot. And I, I can tell you this, after years of working for tech sites anytime that you post a video inside of a news article or a review article maybe 10 percent of the people who read the article will click play on the video yeah which Sometimes... is kind of ridiculous and you're like isn't this the, our audience do they not care well they're there to read not to watch 
Back in the day when I used to write reviews, a part of me a part of me misses it, but also doesn't because like constructing a WordPress or whatever platform you use, constructing one of those blog posts was always just an exercise in absolute tedium. But <laughs> the uh I've been doing it so long I'm completely numb. <laughs> I always thought and I brought this up maybe twice at Android Authority. Um I always thought that because my scripts would become the written review or vice versa, why don't I make a, why don't we do a video that sits at the top and there's a big button that says press play as you read. And it's the exact, it's an audiobook basically while you're reading the text. Like I always thought that could be interesting for, for, for the website experience. But then of course it sounds easy, but it's not like it, you have to actually line it up in a way that, that makes it easy to follow in both ways <laughs> well actually there are plugins now for wordpress that will say read this article to me and really oh, well, play there, there and with with like a generated digital voice it will read the article to you oh, so i didn't know that y- you were just ahead of the time this was years ago and i, I always yeah, thought like you were ahead of the time a part of me always wanted to write at the at the top of the article press play on the video and follow along <laughs> Yeah. But of course, like no, the viewer, the viewer or the reader, they're not like that. They they will see that sidebar on the side that goes to conclusion. And they just go straight to conclusion. And like, yeah, like yeah, the people will skim to the parts. They'll jump to I, I'm interested about the camera, so they jump to the camera mm-hmm. part. And they're interested about battery life or you know whatever. But you always get dinged on what you didn't include because mm-hmm. apparently everyone's an expert now. And I, right. you know the us who actually do this for a living simply don't know enough anymore. The, the internet has outdone those who have learned from the internet, apparently. Well, th- this is a whole other conversation that I don't even know if it would fit in a pocket now weekly podcast, maybe over on tech and tea. Like I could talk about it once I finally, we, that was what we were talking about before the show was me doing yet another podcast. Uh, but yeah, the, um, is this whole idea that like, maybe we're not quite as, I don't I don't know the word expert may or may not be the term but we're not quite as highly enthused with tech the way we used to be like we get into this job because we are obsessed but once we're in this job we are a little bit less obsessed we're not any less enthused let's say that but we're less obsessed and getting into the nitty-gritty of all of the specs and oh is this the imx sensor from last year and what changes are the difference between the sensors and blah 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 and oh this this chip has this just this chip has that that's that goes less and less as we get as we go along in this career yes and i mean yes and no there i i think when you're outside of it you focus on what's important to you Mm -hmm. and when you're inside everything is important and so while we may not know what specific chipset is or what specific sensor is being used for X camera, or I didn't mention it, I need to memorize specifications of a thousand phones a year Yes, and review a thousand phones a year. And that one person leaving a comment on a video, you know what? He's really only interested in four phones a year and doesn't care about all the rest. And so like he may have specifically more knowledge on paper about one so specific has, item so that person has laser that, focus on like on i i would like let let's have a smartphone jeopardy session <laughs> you know like and i i'm gonna go way back and start naming phones before android was even around so yeah 
you know, come at me. What is the HTC desire? <laughs> Which version of the HTC desire? Oh my God. That's, that's the issue. And I guess, and I get where you're coming from with that. And again, this is a conversation that could probably take up its own show. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, I guess, I guess it, the, the terminology is interesting to me because it's not that we're less obsessed. It's that we're less enthusiastically obsessed. Like I keep jumping between those two terms. Um, but yeah. And yeah. you have to remember whenever it's a job, it automatically loses some level of engagement because mm-hmm. you're like, oh, I got to do this again versus, oh, I want to find out about this. Yes. So. If when we have to, f- and this is just cards on the table. Sometimes we have to force ourselves to cover certain devices. It's not because we're like jazzed mm-hmm. about it. It's because it's the next thing in the list. Literally no one in the viewership has to look at tech in that same way. Um. Well, and so I was having this conversation with my wife, you know, running a tech news site. Technically, we should cover the news, right? And I've been doing it for so long that I see a news article. I'm like, eh, that's not interesting. But it wasn't interesting to me. Mm-hmm. I have to take a step back and be like, okay, well, these are OnePlus fans. There's a whole lot of them. And probably a lot of people are going to care about this. Yeah, eh, I guess I should write about it, even though I didn't care at all about the story and it didn't have an impact on me at all i still need to take a step back and say it's important to somebody else i need to you know swallow my own pride a little bit right there be like and this really doesn't make a huge impact on anything but i still need to write about it i still need to provide this information to somebody else so did you indeed write an article on the one plus nine pro leak (laughs) i did i i spent way too much time this morning so to put that into perspective I haven't been following the OnePlus 9 leaks for the last month or so. So I had to take a good hour this morning before I wrote this article to just catch up with not just the new leaks, but you know all the other information that's been coming along because other people have been covering it on my site and I don't read every single article that we even publish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the so that's uh, that's one of our main topics for today is like coming from the cyberpunk 2077 device um i did a video basically saying yeah we are starting to see some leaks of like the oneplus 9 pro and one of the big headlines from it is the fact that there's some very obvious branding on the camera hump uh and we'll get to that in a second but i was thinking to myself like you know we have all of these collaborations between phone companies and while I get why those happen, I, I would be way more enthused if it were like special editions with certain brands. Like perfect example is the Cyberpunk 2077 one, uh, Samsung doing the the Star Wars Note 10, the Marvel uh, Galaxies, the BTS edition devices. Like it, it would be great if we could see more of those things, if that could just be a regular thing moving forward. Um, I get that that means it's not special or limited, but what I mean is maybe they pick a brand to work with every year, every release, maybe every year, not every release because there's too many of them, but every year to make one thing that they know fans of that year would be really into. Like imagine right now, Cyberpunk was one of those things uh, at the end of last year. But what if right now we got like a, I'll even throw one out to Moto. What if there was a Moto WandaVision phone or something like that? Like there was something like that. Um, and I get that it's it's not cost-effective, in a lot of ways, licensing costs a ton in in the U.S. Um, but I just find myself a little bit more enthused about that kind of stuff 
Meanwhile, we have the OnePlus 9 Pro, which has Hasselblad on the back, and I get why that's important, but it doesn't excite me in the same way. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's there's a thousand different reasons as to why certain things do happen and why others don't. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think you, you hit it on the head with it wouldn't be special anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in the case of, you know, the cyberpunk edition of the OnePlus 8T, like that phone is freaking amazing. Uh, anybody who's held that device knows that. But nobody can ever buy this phone ever, like unless you track somebody down in China who's already bought one. There's no way anybody can get this phone, mm-hmm. which is kind of ridiculous. Like if if they know it's going to be this thought sought after even if they make 20,000 of them it would still be that sought after i think i i don't know what the exact numbers are but i can't imagine that they made more than 5,000 of them mm-hmm. yeah you know and as far as devices to send out to youtubers and tech outlets i think there was only five of them to go around in the u.s yeah and they're like, you can only keep this for seven days and then got to send it to somebody else. I think yeah, you kept th- it longer than every, anybody else. Well, the reason why is because I was at the bottom of, I was the last person to get it. <laughs> so like the hype, well, uh, maybe we use the word hype, but the hype kind of died down by that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people, they sent it to a lot of gamer influencers and yep. whatnot. Uh, but yeah, so. Don't tell anybody you still have it and they'll just forget about it. I, I was already sent the return label, so it has to go back to yeah, you. Yeah. <laughs> And then, so coming coming from that, we have the OnePlus 9 Pro, which leaked in, there's this debate going on right now of, is it really a leak if this person has this much time to take this much photo and video of it at their desk? (laughs) But yes, is the OnePlus 9 Pro, which apparently has a few different, uh, let's say, interesting features to uh, to, to tout, stout, to, I think I was trying to mix a couple of words there, but Putting aside the Hasselblad branding first, what we can talk about, at least from these leaks, are that there's going to be a curved display, which seems to be a pro thing now. Like, it's it's a pro thing, not a T thing. So there's going to be a curved display. The back is now glossy again, which may irk some people because some some people got kind of used to this matted blue, like, Nordic look that they've been going for for the last year. Well, it, it could be specifically that color. True. This honestly a horrendous also, this gr- is- <laughs> gray finish <laughs> and it could just be a prototype and not that's what i was that. about my, to say. Na- my, my name is gray it's uh, any anything that's just color gray is just uh like at least put like a like a like a line you know through it like at the very least but if it's just all just gray and it's not even like a silvery gray it's just gray and well, well the- and looking at that phone after looking at the cyberpunk edition absolutely you're, you're like oh my gosh you can do so much better than this i even look at the oneplus at which i'm setting up for my father that's going to be his upgrade phone like i even look at that and i'm like this is boring now yeah like it's it's yeah. that phone's just boring now dude well and that the, the 8t does have that gloss finish as well oh fair so. It's yeah, and you know it, when companies like Samsung have to put in so much work to remind us why black is a cool color, like we, you know that we've kind of hit sort of we've kind of plateaued as far as how we've, cool we've exhausted our our possibilities of what's cool and what's not anymore. Because I mean, it, it used to be that it was glass. Oh my gosh, it's cool, and then everybody started doing glass, and then 
everybody started doing matte finishes. I do think that the the Mi 11 with this, uh, what's this color called? It's horizon blue or yeah, something like that. I think like that, that sounds right, yeah. It shifts between a gold and a blue color, and it's a matte finish, and it's absolutely stunning, but it's still a fingerprint magnet. Like, mm-hmm. you get smudges on the back of this thing, and it, they're really hard to wipe off. Um, we're going to talk more we're gonna at length about that. The, I, yeah. yeah. So as far as the OnePlus 9 Pro is concerned, like a lot of a lot of what we would expect in a flagship phone like this will probably be there. Snapdragon 888, um, high resolution, high refresh rate screen. I'm, I'm loving that. I'm loving that computer displays like what I'm looking at right now, a 1440p, 120 hertz display. That's becoming a mainstay in phones moving forward. Um, I always feel like I'm just behind the curve. On the high end. On the high end, yes. On the high end, yeah. Uh, but I always feel like I'm just behind the curve when it comes to like trends like that. Like I just got this monitor like a couple months ago, and I'm like, I've been missing out. Um, but anyway, the uh, the 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 main thing, of course, is this Hasselblad branding. OnePlus will be yet the next company to create a camera package that is in partnership with a big camera brand, and Hasselblad. Mm-hmm. If if price is your barometer, Hasselblad is one of the biggest brands out there. They literally make cameras that cost like as much as a car. <laughs> well, biggest brands as far as pricing goes and also size of their freaking cameras. Mm-hmm. This is because true. Because they make medium format cameras, mm-hmm. right? With, I I can't remember the size of the sensors, but they're what, like two inch or two and a half inch sensors? Something like that. So, and yeah, the cheapest one in their lineup cost $15,000. Mm-hmm. And they go up, what, to thirty to $35,000? Yeah, something like uh, that. I, that's, that's a Tesla. Put a Hasselblad but, in a Tesla Model 3 and you're living the life. <laughs> yeah, and but so just to be fair, this is the first time that we've seen Hasselblad kind of step into the smartphone segment because I think some people will remember the Hasselblad Moto Mod that came out that featured a 10x zoom and also added raw image capture to uh, any Moto device that had Moto Mod support. Yep. And that was what I think it was a $250 add-on, but the results weren't especially good mm-hmm. so i think it was more of a motorola made it and put hasselblad on it as far as the name goes more of a licensing thing than hasselblad actually delivering the hardware themselves yeah um but i you know honestly like you said you would be more interested in more you know special editions and companies focusing more on that but you know, the one big success that we've seen with smartphone companies partnering with camera companies is with Huawei and what they did with Leica. Yeah, started, I think it was starting with what the P8 or the P9 um, when they introduced uh, the secondary monochrome sensor that, you know, merged two images in one and allowed for more light, brighter images, better dynamic range before, you know, Google really introduced their computational photography that kind of has taken over since then. Mm-hmm. And consistently, Huawei's high-end smartphones have been rated at the top or really close to the top, you know, first to third place as far as smartphone cameras go each and every year. 
And the partnership with Leica wasn't just, hey, we're going to stick Leica on it. They actually used Leica to fine tune the color science mm-hmm. and uh, all of that aspect of it as to what the images, the end results for the images actually are. Um, if they can replicate that with Hasselblad, I don't know. I don't know. Like it could be something that, you know, could be fruitful. I mean, the Pete Lau at the beginning of the year said that OnePlus was going to be spending a lot of money to ensure that they are one of the top brands for smartphone photography and slapping Hasselblad's logo on the back of the phone doesn't necessarily mean that we're going to get better pictures, but if they're actually partnering them in a meaningful way, I, I think it could deliver some decent results. Yeah. These, and these sensors look massive. Well, the two, the two top sensors, there are two bottom sensors. I think it's going to be two, two forty-eight megapixel sensors is what the rumors are. And, and then, then of course they have to say like a macro and, <laughs> and a macro a, camera and a depth camera. Um, because software can't ultra, fix that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like it, I hope that it means that the cameras are going to be really great on there. I mean, OnePlus has been improving over time, but as as you said, the history of Hasselblad in the smartphone space hasn't necessarily been that great. Uh, yeah. So hopefully, this is going to change that. Yeah, and to be fair, I, you know, I I don't know a whole lot about Hasselblad. I've never used one of. I've I've held one of their cameras. They're owned by DJI now. Oh, really? Yeah, if I remember correctly, DJI actually bought Hasselblad. Or it might <laughs> okay. be the other way around. Let me check. Um, do, do, do. No, I don't know. DJ. So to be fair, I have no clue about any of this. So that just shows you how, how, how much I'm invested into the Hasselblad brand and what I would know Hasselblad would be able to bring to the table here. But if if OnePlus is being serious about producing better images with their smartphones, I think it's a good thing overall, just as long as consumers aren't being asked to pay a big premium for them. Because OnePlus devices have gotten more expensive each and every year. They're pretty much at the price point. Last year's OnePlus devices are at the price point that we're seeing Samsung's devices this year, pretty much, Mm. uh, off by about $50. So if OnePlus has to increase their prices, they're going to be more expensive than Samsung phones, which is anyone going to buy a OnePlus if it's more expensive than a Galaxy? Yeah, this is true. Um, the Hasselblad branding alone might cost four hundred dollars <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> I, I wouldn't say that. I mean, if if a Moto Mod that you added on to the back of the camera costs two hundred and fifty dollars, you know, like putting in some branding and some, you know, image tuning, I would say probably costs about fifty dollars a device to OnePlus. Who knows? Yeah. And and to my point a second ago, uh, DJI did get a majority stake in Hasselblad. Okay. Uh, so they didn't necessarily acquire the full company, but like it's a majority stake at this point, which is which is a mutually... Which means they own them. Yeah, basically. Which means but they own them. It is a mutually beneficial uh, relationship because Hasselblad gets DJI funding and resources while DJI for their drones gets years and years... Hasselblad. They, they get Hasselblad. Cameras. They get their imaging. Uh, so yeah, so there's that. In any case, that's uh, some 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 longer winded talk on the on OnePlus as a as a whole. A couple of different ways of looking at it, like the Cyberpunk phone and the OnePlus Nine Pro. But then we're going to shift gears for the next half of the show into a different company. It's going to be a Xiaomi heavy half after the break.
Uh, as always, when it comes to these shows, the breaks end up turning into something a little bit more. Um, so we just talk for like 10, 15 minutes about other stuff. <laughs> but yeah, uh, coming back from the break, uh, speaking of leaks, there was yet another leak. And speaking of leaks that seem to happen at someone's desk, which again, I have to say is so funny. Um, it's becoming a trend. Yeah. Like, is this really a leak or did you do you work there and you're just given, you're just, hey, like, make this look as low production quality as possible and then, <laughs> and then release this it. This was actually pretty high quality. This one was the Xiaomi Mi 11 Ultra. Now, uh, I guess the way to get into this phone is why? <laughs> Well, we always have an Ultra from, well, the last two years, we've had an Ultra from Xiaomi. But you know what I'm talking about. This phone is insane. Like It, it kind of is. Well, okay, to be clear, let's, let's cover what's insane about it. Yes. And that's mainly just that it has a tiny screen on a massive camera bump on the back of the phone so that you can use your main cameras for selfies and video which zte and nubia have shown off on a handful of devices mm-hmm. a couple years ago with screens on the back of the phone and i, I was, was like uh, oh my gosh nubia nubia did it wasn't it yeah nubia? and yeah well, or ZTE vivo it was and, vivo well nubia did it as well oh okay they, they had one and and it's like it makes total sense. I mean, slapping a lower resolution screen on the back of the phone when the glass can definitely show a screen on the back of the phone. Why not? And then, you know what? Maybe you don't need a selfie camera anymore because the selfie camera is the worst camera on a smartphone. Uh, and if they're trying to pitch these smartphones as as Xiaomi's doing as a director's camera and sending us director's chairs along <laughs> with it, you know, why not? It, I, I think it's it's crazy. It's good. But like this, the screen on the back of this phone is literally the size of a postage stamp. Yep. It's like it's like the size of a micro SD card. I, you know what? If we were looking at, is this it? Yeah, here we go. If we were looking at the Cyberpunk edition, or even if you were to go back to the Poco M3, it's that kind of yeah. camera hump. It's, um, it's a huge camera hump stretching the entire back uh, what's or with upper upper quarter of the phone yeah it's just that if you were looking at the cyberpunk phone where it says 2077 that's where the screen is and interestingly enough um so again two huge looking sensors one obviously telescopic lens um because it has that square ish thing to it Mm -hmm. and right next to it i mean take take a page out of the s20 ultra i guess but it says like 120x zoom which is insane and yet still strikes me as yet another example of how zoom is nice but not necessary um you know it's not it's not such a necessity that you need over a hundred times of it anyway you get those two huge sensors and then over on the side you get this screen and the screen interestingly enough is the same aspect ratio as the main screen because i don't know if i don't know if this is the good i don't know if this is the right move or it was a weird like design choice but it literally just mirrors the front the screen. Regular screen. <laughs> so yeah, it was showing it was showing the home screen, yeah, on the back of the phone, mm-hmm. which is I, I, you interesting know, choice, it, right? If 
if you want to like if you're watching a video on youtube and you want somebody else to watch it with you they don't have to be right <laughs> but next they have to, to you they, they have can, to squint they can watch it on that little tiny screen <laughs> <laughs> but I, I i can see why that might be a good like that's the easy route because we've seen phones where they have the little screen on the back and it just... I mean, it's essentially the size of the tiny screen on the Galaxy Z Flip. On the outside. Yes, that's a good yeah, way to put it's, it. It's less like that one's, I don't know, that one's like wider, I would say, than this But one that's a tall. good example of what I was about to say, which is it's only showing you what it can. So you can kind of see like a viewfinder of sorts, but it's clearly not showing you the entire frame because it's not tuned for that. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. if you have a small screen on the back that is literally meant to mirror everything the front would show, then you're seeing everything. Yeah, um, and you can frame it properly. You exactly. know how, and that's the thing. It it is small. It's not going to be useful for anything besides framing the shot. Other than that, like, it's or maybe you're like talking to somebody and you just relay like tiny messages to them, like you don't want to talk. And, just, well, and <laughs> help so, me. <laughs> Here's the thing too, with taking selfies, you take a selfie, but so many people still do it where they look at the screen instead of the camera. So when you, especially when you're on video calls, because you're looking at the other person, like we're doing it right now, we're on a video call for this. And I'm looking at my screen, which is two and a half inches below my camera. And so we're not looking eye to eye, but if you put a tiny display there, that's literally within centimeters of the camera lens it'll be easier to look over to the camera lens but also if you're not if you're looking at that tiny screen to make sure that you're in you know in the frame properly Mm -hmm. it'll be less obvious that you're not looking at the camera than if you're taking a selfie with a front-facing camera yeah and so how where do you land on the idea that this is the solution rather than just making front-facing cameras better? <laughs> uh, I would say I would take this any day. Really? Well, so here's the thing. Like with the front-facing camera, you can make that better. But you know, going back to OnePlus and something that we didn't mention earlier in the show is that they just filed a patent for this micro camera to be embedded into the bezel of the display so that you don't have to have a pop-up camera or a hole punch camera. Oh, that only I missed that, that only yeah. that only well, it's not directly related to the Hasselblad Plus Nines yeah. because those ones we've already seen pictures of them with a hole punch cutout. But if they filed a patent for this, the the issue is if you do that, you make the sensor smaller, mm-hmm. which means it's worse. It also means you can't have an autofocus lens, which means it's everything's in focus and you have to allow for like that means worse lower light issues and stuff like that whereas you have you know on these on these phones specifically you have a rear camera that's a 108 megapixels that can record 4K and even 8K video why like that tiny display costs i don't know $15 but if i don't have to spend $6 on a front facing camera and i can do $15 but also that means I can use the other four cameras on the back of the phone at the same time. Like it's a win-win for everybody. I mean, I guess I'm just sort of spoiled by, like you said, the, the solutions up until now have been pop-up or punch a hole punch. And mm-hmm. I know everyone has varying degrees of how they feel about all of those things, but and I guess the upcoming under display. 
Yes, uh, which might which might end up being the end all be all. Like if you're able to put a larger sensor underneath the display and it's mostly undetectable without crazy like without messing up the quality of the capture, then that might be our end all be all. But you know, up until then, I will always be a fan of the um, the motorized the flip up. The flip up. I'll always be a fan of that. The only difference here is. Um, Please, 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 just because the camera moves to the front doesn't mean you have to give it front-facing camera processing. Um, so the moment I do a selfie, all of a sudden I'm way softer for some reason. But, you know, that's that's a, that's a different gripe. Um, but yeah, like, I'm, I'm into that. Uh, I don't know. I guess my paradigm up until phones like this and what we might be seeing here, my whole paradigm has been use the front-facing camera for A-roll and the good cameras are for your B-roll. Because, like, your A-roll just has to look good it doesn't have to be amazing but it has to be good meanwhile the b-roll of the thing you're actually talking about or trying to vlog of or you're trying to do a travel video of that would be the ones that have to be good no matter what those are non-negotiable yeah but okay so this is me complaining because i'm a camera snob and (laughs) i focus on camera comparisons and I vlogged our life for a year. Anytime someone would come to me and say, hey, we're, we're doing this vlog stuff. And I ask, what camera are you using? They're like, oh, we're just using our cell phone. I'm like, okay, well, how are you doing it? Well, we're using so you don't care selfie. about the quality of your, con- of your content. <laughs> <laughs> and now Google's talking to me about Black History Month. Thanks, Google. Hey, I don't know why Black that History got Month. triggered. Um, and... So for the average consumer, no, it's not going to make a difference. But you have to remember the person buying this phone here cares about these things. And so for just like, you know, I I did my Galaxy S21 Ultra review. And, you know, I kind of said, like, you don't need these cameras. There are other devices that have just as good cameras. But if you do want the best this is where it's at. Like if you, if you want to buy the Hasselblad, there's a Hasselblad for you, right? Yeah. Like if you want to spend that money, there's a device that will give you the ultimate experience for the amount of money that you want to get. Um, again, for the average consumer, they don't care. I mean, most people don't even know how to change the video settings on their cameras. And they're like, yeah, I recorded this and it's 4k. I'm like, no, that was 720p, man. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, the average consumer isn't going to care. They'll they'll gravitate towards what they think they need. The average person doesn't really need it. But if we're moving towards progression, I think using the rear cameras, and as you showed with your your flip up camera, you're using the rear cameras for the selfie. Yes, which which I think is a much better experience than trying to have a good picture or good video from a tiny sensor the selfie sensor on everybody's camera is the smallest sensor and right now it's the one that's being used the most Mm -hmm. people are doing video calls they're doing tiktoks they're doing everything which is always my that's like the number one complaint i have for pretty much any phone that we've been reviewing lately is like if your front-facing camera can't do 4k you've already been losing Mm -hmm. yep and that's kind of the I pointed that out in my pros and cons of the Xiaomi Mi 11, which we can which we can start to talk about. Yeah, the front facing camera on that one is 1080p 30 fps, which is like 
okay, what are you, a pixel? You know, like because that's what pixels do. But everybody else has moved on to 4K. My my video on this was just an unboxing and first impressions on the phone, and I was already complaining about it. Like I normally save those kinds of things for the actual complaints video, but yeah. I actually had to say that right off the bat because I used the front-facing camera for some of the A-roll, like I said before, and it was only 1080. Like, the the angle of the front-facing camera on this Mi 11 is not bad. It's just the resolution is not high enough to make it viable for more than just, like, hey... That's the other thing. Like, it's it's... These paradigms are always so interesting because, obviously, the photos are good. And usually with a lot of sensors we have in phones right now, the photos are great, but it's the video that needs more of that push. The only phones that have been able to really push the video boundaries so far have been iPhones, obviously, and more recently, the S21 Ultra, which I actually think has done a pretty good job with its video. Um, it's not the best. It's not as good as the iPhone, let's say, 12 Pro Max. Let's put let's put that one out there. But it is much more versatile while still mm-hmm. having comparable. Um, oh, it's extremely versatile. Exactly. Yeah. It's way more versatile than the iPhone 12 Pro Max. But if you're not looking for that versatility, I have to admit the iPhone 12 Pro Max still just does good standard video Um, and one another issue i have with the mi 11 is video from the rear cameras is pretty good and you can do 4k 60 fps from mm -hmm, the rear cameras mm -hmm. except even if you change it to 4k 30 you can't record and switch between the cameras without stopping the recording yeah that is one and that i i mentioned this in my s21 ultra review uh, it has that same limitation if you record in 60 FPS from the rear cameras. But if you bump it down to 30 FPS at 4K, you can dynamically switch between the different sensors uh, so that you're not digitally zooming in and out. Um, I, I honestly don't know why Xiaomi decided not to do that. Maybe it's something that was simply left over from a previous build on an older device that wasn't capable of it. But the processor inside of this phone can definitely handle it. I just don't know why they decided not to do it. I, I wonder if it has to do with, um, there's probably just some sort of, there's something we don't know that they haven't been able to like turn it on though. that Cause it should, you're right. It should. Um, but yeah, like one thing I will give them credit for though, is in a world where we have up to like five lenses on the back, I had mm-hmm. to give Xiaomi some credit that they're putting a lot of their effort into one really good sensor. Now, granted, you get an ultra wide, which does provide 4K as well. That's always nice to have. Um, and then the macro is actually, I mean, where did you land on the macro? The macro is actually not too shabby. I actually, I, I was sharing this with somebody else yesterday. I actually really like the macro. There has been so many bad <laughs> macro cameras the last year. It's ridiculous. Like it's, it's usually... I'll read off the specs and that's the last time I mentioned the macro camera because it's just not good. Mm-hmm. But this one, I've been able to take some really good shots. Um, I've, I was writing up an article about an app yesterday and I used the macro camera on this to take a picture of the app on my home screen, the app icon, and use that as the photo for my article mm. just because, hey, I can zoom in and you know it, it gives you that nice look of you know an app on a screen. It's again, I besides that and a couple other instances, the macro is probably the camera that I'm going to use the, the least the out of least. <laughs> like less than 1% of the time I'm going to go to a macro camera. Yeah. 
but I have to, know, I had to give it some credit. That wasn't so bad. And I yeah. even enjoyed the video that I got out of it of the tacos I made on Super Bowl Sunday. Like, it was dope. Oh, yeah. Um, it was pretty nice. Uh, but, yeah, like, all of the effort is being put into this one main 108-megapixel sensor, which if you're able to provide really good results by just focusing on the one sensor, then maybe that is going to you know, pay off dividends. And it looks like it is. I mean, I love how much Xiaomi has been putting into their camera software over the last couple of years. I remember mm -hmm. uh, back before COVID times, um, Isa and I went to a museum with the, I want to say it was the frick which phone was it but it was it was it was a it was a, obviously a me device um a flagship me device and that was when they debuted that vlog mode which to be fair is something that gopro and dji started but the vlog mode was like super fun because it was easy to get 15 second clips you were guided throughout the entire process and like most things my only complaint is that it wasn't a 4k result um now you have the cinema modes which is the next mm -hmm. step of that um, I'm not doing my real world camera test until I can go somewhere where I can actually use those cinema modes to better effect. And right now it looks like I'm going to go to the zoo next week cause it's reopening. Um, but yeah, like it's kind of hard to do all these things solo and of yourself, but yeah, these cinema modes, um, they Xiaomi does some really fun stuff with their cameras. Um, and with the right sensor and with the right fundamentals, they seem to create a, a camera package that I think most other companies should look at rather than rather than going so hard in the paint with like, well, then again, Xiaomi's doing it with the Ultra, but rather than going so hard in the paint with super far zooms, maybe just like make sure your fundamentals are really good. <laughs> well, and that's the thing with a 108 megapixel sensor, if you switch it over to the 108 megapixel mode, you really don't need a zoom lens. Mm -hmm. You know, you have that much resolution. You can, you can crop in on your image for ages before it starts getting blurry. You know, you, you can crop a five megapixel image out of it. That's essentially what a six, six X. I don't know. I don't know the math there. I'm trying to do math <laughs> on the fly, Who knows? Um, but you can crop in on the image and still have a 10 megapixel image. That's a lot closer than it would be. Uh, if, if you didn't have that high resolution sensor, again, you're not going to have the benefits of the Nona binning that you get when you're in 12 megapixel mode. Mm -hmm. Uh, but it's still going to be a decent shot. Yeah. How about the rest of the phone? How have you? Uh, I, I've heard some reports recently, also on not just in my comments, but also on Reddit, that the Mi Eleven, it's a powerful phone, delightfully thin for what it's providing, because you got a pretty good battery, uh, pretty good sized battery, fifty-five watt wired charging, fifty watt wireless charging, Snapdragon eight eighty-eight, high resolution, that, high refresh rate screen. That charging is amazing. Yeah. Uh, I but plugged I've, it in and I was like, I, I, I'm at 20%. I need to shoot some video. I want my battery over 50%. It's like 12 minutes and I was over 50%. This is one of those moments when ecosystem can really benefit you because if you have a Xiaomi phone and then Xiaomi makes like a, like what, what do they call their charging? I, I, I don't, I don't remember what they call their super fast charging, but if they make their super fast charging into like a brick, like a, like a power brick or, mm -hmm. or power bank, I should say rather. Imagine bringing that power bank with you. You're out and about, and you just charge it up for five minutes. You're good to go. Like it's that's that's pretty awesome. Uh, that's when ecosystem can really play uh, play a good role. So hopefully, you know, Xiaomi take notes. But yeah, the um, the reports I've been seeing on Reddit and in my comments are that some people have been allegedly for them their Mi 11s have been overheating. I have not had that issue at all. Okay, so neither I have, have I. Yeah, and I yeah, I've, I've been game streaming I've, a lot on this thing, by the way. I, 
I, yeah, I've I spent a good I don't know forty five minutes playing Call of Duty Mobile yesterday on it uh, just to test out that high refresh rate and the performance. And no, not I mean, Call of Duty Mobile isn't pushing this phone to the extremes, but a good thirty minutes of continual gaming on a, a game like that with settings maxed out, it it'll, it'll it did get something. warm. It got warm. It not even close to overheating. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't really had that either. And it's, I don't know, like, I, I, I understand, you know, dating the person I date, that climate uh, plays a big role in it. Very true. Inside my house right now, it's only 66 degrees because mm-hmm. outside is 32 degrees. So that yep. that does impact. Uh, it's warmer for you in California. It's and I like, it's it's, a lot right now it's, uh, right now it's 65. And for Isa, it's a constant 99. <laughs> <laughs> So my phone was only getting up to 99 and that's her starting point. <laughs> exactly. But yeah. No, and so, yeah, we, I, I do hear that quite a bit from people who watch my videos in India and mm-hmm. it's yes. so much hotter and so much more humid and there's not air conditioning everywhere that you go. So your, your environment will definitely have an impact and, you know, testing a phone like this out in the winter in the Northern hemisphere isn't the same as testing out in the winter in the Southern hemisphere or, or the summer for them. Yeah, totally. In, you know, in January or February. I um, remember but, when, when uh, Jaime and I went to uh, Delhi and Mumbai, that was the, oh yeah, the, like a year and a half ago or something. Yeah, it was fantastic. Um, that was, it was, it was the one, it was one of the few times that I actually had trouble with my phones because I couldn't use the camera as much as I imagine how we do our camera tests and mm-hmm. comparisons one how just how much we're in the camera app I couldn't do that because the camera would actually shut off due to overheating yeah I mean the only times that I've had issues with a smartphone overheating are days that I've gone to the beach with the family mm. and the phone is sitting in a bag or something with the sun beating down on it so you're going to a beach on a day that's at least you know, 80, 85 degrees. And then with the sun beating down on something, it gets up warmer than that. Then you turn it on to use it for a couple minutes. And I, I've had a couple instances that where it said, phone is too hot, cannot use the camera right yeah. now. But that's, for me, that's few and far between because that's not a situation that I'm in on a regular basis. Yeah, indeed. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, overall though, I'm, I'm enjoying, I always enjoy Xiaomi devices. They do a really good job of showing what is possible for the rest of the year uh, because they're usually pretty early in the year with the highest, uh, the newest rather processor, some of the big sensors, big features and whatnot. Uh, so yeah, I mean, looking at what Xiaomi is able to do with this phone and make it as uh, sleek as it is, like a lot of phones are a lot thicker than this and I'm still impressed by how thin this phone is. Yeah, and so for those trying to see where this compares with other devices that are on the market right now i'd say so the price here is about a hundred euro less than uh the samsung galaxy s21 but specs wise it's right in between the s21 plus and the ultra Mm -hmm. when you're looking at the camera's battery and the display because it has the quad hd display at 120 hertz has the 108 megapixel camera on the back uh, has the much faster charging. So it's cheaper than the S21, but it's, you know, spec wise, it's between the S21 plus and the ultra, which when you're looking at a device 
and you're trying to figure out, you know, where should I spend my money? If you're looking for dollars for specs, this is where it's at right now. I think it's probably the best value that you can get so far in 2021. Yeah, I think so. That's why a lot of the times with the me, like I remember with the me 10, it was literally a lot of the headlines were a better S20. Like <laughs> I just remember there were so many of those headlines and I'm sure they're going to see more of that now. Um, even with the leaks of the Mi 11 Ultra, they're saying like, is this even more ultra than the Ultra? And of course, they're talking about the S21 mm-hmm. Ultra. And it's 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 so funny how that happens because this is the lineup. We have Samsung and then we have Xiaomi and then OnePlus apparently OnePlus will be in the next. LG. Yeah, apparently in the next month or so. Well, we don't even know about OG yet. Like Yeah, <laughs> well, and we don't know what LG is doing because... They said they might get out of the smartphone business, right? Yeah, like, or at least dial so, back in some capacity. Dial back. And mm-hmm. so we don't know if that means later rather than sooner. I mean, supposedly they've already had a lineup scheduled for 2021. So oh, do true. they scratch it completely? Um, but yeah, last year we got the OnePlus devices earlier than usual. And that was the middle of April, right? I think that was like April 15th or 14th mm-hmm. last year, which that was, what, a month and a half sooner than we typically get their their devices usually late may or early june so uh if they're pushing up their launch date even sooner than that but i would say march end of march is probably the earliest that we're going to see a oneplus stuff device so. uh all right cool well uh look forward to me 11 content on all of the channels represented in this podcast right now uh but yeah i think uh, that should pretty much do it for our show uh front heavy on the oneplus back heavy on the Xiaomi. So hopefully everyone enjoyed our deep dives into some leaks, but also some devices that we actually have in hand. Yeah, that was a pretty balanced show, actually. But in any case, uh, Nick, why don't you go ahead and let everybody know where to find you? You can find me on uh, Twitter and Instagram at Nick M. Gray, or else you can follow all of my coverage of these devices as well on fandroid.com or youtube.com slash fandroid. Awesome. And as far as I am concerned, and of course Pocket Now is concerned, I'll go ahead and go through all of those links in the outro starting now. Follow Nick Gray and Fandroid and all of the links that are found in the show notes. You can also follow me on the interwebs. You can find me at JVTechT on all social media networks, including TikTok. You know me, I'm JV. I love tech and I love to drink me some tea. From there, you can head over to my YouTube channel at youtube.com slash Joshua Vergara for content that is supplementing what you might find over at PocketNow. But of course, PocketNow is found at pocketnow.com for all of the latest headlines at PocketNow on social media networks and of course at youtube.com slash PocketNow for videos that are coming out pretty much every single day. With all of that said, we're going to go ahead and call it on this episode of the Pocket Now Weekly Podcast. Thanks so much for hanging out with us in this episode, and we will see you in the next one.